Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy, sports, and politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know what God's mind. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We're talking fantasy, sports, and politics. It's me, it's me, it's Mr. FSP. Don't want to do to do it for you all day, every day. Along with me is my uh, friend, as well as esteemed colleague. He's sick, but he's still here. That's his name. His real name is JT uh, Jerry Taylor, my co-host uh, for this show. And uh, how you feeling, JT? Other than you're sick, I'm sick. I'm sick. That's all I can tell you. I'm under the weather, but I'm here. Well, let's see if I can get that blood boiling and get get you to sweating and and and, <laughs> and get some go. of that. What do you mean? Here we go. I mean, what does that mean? You preface by preface it by saying, "Let me see if I can get that blood boiling." So it's either got to be something in politics or it's got to be something in fantasy. So um, I think we got two matchups this week, and I think that's where you're going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you know it. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's sick, ladies and gentlemen, because he knows he's going to take two L's from the FSP this weekend. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, you are, but we got a little housekeeping to do. Um, so I got an email from JT early this. Well, for me, it was early this morning. For him, it was last night, and. Once they take the White House, somebody wants to come back home. He's singing mm-hmm. that Diddy song. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Tell the world that I'm coming home. Mm-hmm. And for the next four years, I imagine, I imagine mm-hmm. someone's going to be, you know, touting the praises of. Their dictator Of their Orange pariah I can't say that I can't say that because this is my show Um, I can can say this All those deplorables And yeah I I won't (laughs) say that Are going to be in for a rude awakening When what you thought You saw Is not necessarily what you're going to see I can agree, but I, I think I know where you're going with that. I, I just want you to elaborate a little bit on that before we move forward. Well, those that are on Medicare, those that are on Social Security. Oh, they're going to get hit. Those, 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 those people are in for a rude awakening. Those minorities that jumped on the Trump train, I got... One person's name for you, which is scary. Jeff Sessions. Senator Jeff oh, yeah. Sessions. Oh, yeah. 
So that's I mean, among others, but being the attorney general uh, and, and the mindset that he has, uh, Jeff Sessions is going to be for those who thought uh, this is the change we needed. You're in for a rude awakening, my, my people. Let me tell you that, a rude awakening. And for those that did not vote, Jeff Sessions, this, was, this is what you're going to get. Trust me. For those minorities that, whatever, for whatever reason, didn't take the time to be educated on what was at stake, didn't take the time to get your asses out to vote, Jeff Sessions is what you're going to uh, uh, sow. You reap what you sow. Yeah. Uh, if you think Black Lives Matter and other uh, groups under Obama uh, were treated, you know, either fairly or unfairly, guess what's going to happen? When they organize a protest, whatever, there's going to be someone lobbying, lobbying in the most high of law uh, enforcement places to label them a hate group. Yep. To disenfranchise a whole lot of people. A whole lot of people. Yep. There's a reason why back in 1986 or 85, I believe, that he was not confirmed as a, as a, a judge. Uh or 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 a part of one of Ronald Reagan's appointees. There is a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. You ever heard of the NAACP? Oh yeah, ever heard he of wanted the, to label them a hate group? American Civil Liberties Union. Well, one back in that day. Group. Well, back in that day, Jeff Sessions labeled them as un-American. Now yep. those two, those two. Um, uh, organizations. Now, one says the National Advancement for the uh, uh, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People were just like the Civil Liberties Union. weren't just for minorities; they were for all. They represented yeah. all in whatever injustice was happening. So the perception is this: that just because it says the American Civil Liberties Union and the NAACP, it just Targeted just was specifically um, uh, protecting minorities. You're sadly mistaken. You don't know your history. And he labeled these un-American. Now, just think about that. You got organizations that are fighting for their constitutional right for whatever uh, ethnic group citizen that you are. And he calls them un-American because, and I'll say it if Victor doesn't say it, he's, he's thinking the white right away. Hmm. And that's the problem. The white right away. I got nothing against white people. It's just the fact is that when you have the thinking, and it's a lot of a, minority, a, lot of a majority of a, 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 a certain group in America, that they're better off, that there's a, there's a superior group that no one's, they're, they're more equal than anyone else. That's a problem. And when you have the attorney general with that type of mindset, that's a problem. When you have an Along. administration. 
We have an administration, well, say, including the president, that may have that mindset. That's a problem. That means anybody who's uh, supposedly disenfranchised or a minority, and that could, could include women, that's a problem. Well, on that, you have uh, Jeff Bannon and several others yes. with yes. history of this. And, yep. you know, it, it's going to be a rude awakening, especially for those that think that this is the best thing for the uh, country. I'm about to put Jeff, I'm about to put Jeff, I believe Jeff's calling, um, about to put Jeff on real quick, and then we're going to get to some NFL. But uh, mm-hmm. just, like I said on one of my Facebook posts, come December, tw- I mean, January 21st, 2017, my, my, my Facebook status is, is just going to be about promoting the shows. Because at that point, things that I will say, are going to probably get me fired or get me reduced in rank, which I don't want to do. So, and a lot of people that are on my timeline now, you know, they're trying to justify this, this individual and the people he's appointing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's ridiculous, but let's bring Jeff in. (coughs) Jeffrey, my friend. You you hear the sick one coughing in the background. How you doing? I'm okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, regarding the election, the, there's one very tangible reason. Uh, well, there's more than one, but the one of the most tangible reasons I didn't like Trump. And I'm no fan of Hillary, but let's put it this way. I dislike Hillary. I fear Trump, you know. There you go. And... In that situation, you pick the lesser of two evils, and probably if Hillary would have won the election, which she should be ashamed of herself for losing it to to someone as controversial as Trump, and all all her casual supporters who didn't get to the polls should be ashamed of themselves also, Um, that – and I'm surprised – I'm sure it came up, but the fact – that Trump had never held public office because if this guy had served in the Senate, had served as a governor, he he would most likely be exposed. Um, And to me, I don't think the president of the United States, the highest office in the land, should be your first elected office. There have been five presidents who never held elected office prior to becoming president. Um, Four of them uh, had been generals, so that's that's relevant at least, you know, because um, when you get by the time you become a general, it's very political. Uh, oh yeah, right. I mean, you would know better than I would. So, and there, uh, Herbert Hoover had only held an appointed office. He had served in a cabinet position as Secretary of Commerce, so he wasn't elected, but at least it's a cabinet level position, which you know is a big deal. And and of those, one of those, um, Ulysses S. Grant, who was a very good general, was considered one of the worst presidents ever. Um, but there's a lot of myths about Grant, you know, and, you know, it's not that relevant. It was over 100 years ago. So, but uh, I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, I'll tell you, um, uh, Colin Krapernick, 
didn't even vote. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? No. Um, I mean, I don't get it. You know, he wants to be this activist. Meanwhile, you know, and he can't even vote? I mean, I, I don't get it. You know, because yeah. yeah. of bozos like him, Hillary lost, you know? And yeah. you want to talk about a resume, Hillary, say what you want, senator, secretary of state, you know, that's a lot of relevant experience, but people must yeah. really hate her for her to lose the election, and uh, uh, she must be really down in the dumps. But, oh, well, she blew well, it. And and it just goes to – excuse me, Jerry. Uh, it just goes to illustrate how inaccurate polls are and how little the experts know. So yeah. that that's my two cents. It's probably more than two cents. You know, uh, I, I said this last week <clears> – <throat> And I said it this week, uh, um, I don't know before if you heard it or not, but I'm pissed off at the people that decided not to vote. And I'm really pissed off at any minority that didn't get out and vote because they didn't either take the time to get educated to what was at stake or just figured that it was a a lock and was no need for them to go out, which is um, if you have a moral obligation as a minority. Or a pe- a pe- a person of an ethnic group that can be um, uh, affected by who gets in, in in the presidency, and I'm including you in that, Jeff. That not, to be able to not go out and, and, and vote, uh, regardless of who you voted for, you just go go out and vote. And if you that much against Trump, and think that it's a chance that he may get in, it's all all that more reason that you should have gotten your ass out there and vote. Uh, it's it's appalling the amount of people, the percentage of people that didn't go out and vote, and it could turn the tide of who's who's going to be taking the presidency in in, in uh, January. Unbelievable. That is true. It's true because uh, one third of the voting population voted, and uh, you know I'm not going to get into the electoral college. I'm not going to get into the popular vote, but it's. Is what we made have for the next. If, if most of the it would have. That, it would have. Uh, Hillary supporters or uh, lean to Hillary versus Trump. Well, there are a lot uh, of and people. Did, and didn't get out there. We're ap- apathetic. And come on. Well, there. Well, oh, Jerry. Totally, totally stupid to not realize what was at stake, and and, uh, uh, and not get out there and vote. There were a lot of people that said they were going to vote for Hillary. That did not. They voted for Trump, or they voted for Sanders, or they vote. They wrote in somebody else. But you know, um, we're definitely going to have time to talk about this uh, on later shows. But again, we might be bringing back uh, No Chaser. Maybe I have to see how that's going to work. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll get to that when it comes. But right now, I got to play this to end this segment. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's what's coming down with the Republican-led United States. But let's turn our attention to a team that, uh, well, two teams that are very, very, very disappointing this year. And I don't know about the fate of one coach, but I do believe the other has found a way to keep his job. I'm talking about Buffalo going to Cincinnati. So let's look at this here. Um, Tyrod Taylor and the rest of the 
Buffalo Bills, they bring back Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin had been sitting on the couch for six months, retired. He got a little bit of playing time uh, versus Seattle. Robert Woods looks like he's the number one guy in Buffalo since uh, uh, Sammy Watkins went down. Uh, who else? Shady McCoy, he's coming back. He's, he's trying to, to show that he's uh, durable. But on the flip side, what's going on in Cincinnati? They can't win a game. You know, they look good for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter, they flounder like the fish. You know, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Hill, they look like they're good. But then all of a sudden, the passing game is, is garbage. Or there's, you know, conversely, nowhere to run. Um, the defense isn't that bad, but it's not that good. Vontez Burford and the rest of those guys are flying around the field. Um, but they can't win uh, the game for them all the time. Or can they, Jerry? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to hit this game up with Jerry, then Jeff, and then we're going to go to the next game. I'm, I'm, by the way, picking, I am picking Buffalo to go into Cincinnati and win the game. Well, you have to think about this. Buffalo's four and five, coming off a bye, three-game losing streak, um, who are two and three on the road versus a Cincinnati Bengal team that lost their last game at Monday night, three and five and one, another tie, and two one and one at home. These two teams, separated by basically one game, are basically um, about the same. They, they can, for the most part, can't get out of their own way. Um, the redeeming factor is Cincinnati is at home. But I don't know who's more limited in their offensive weapons. Uh, Andy Dalton uh, thrown to... Tyler Eifert and uh, A.J. Green or Buffalo with Tyrod Taylor and basically uh, LaShawn McCoy. Two two quarterbacks with a wide receiver and a tight end on Cincinnati. One quarterback uh, uh, with uh, uh, LaShawn McCoy and then a plethora or a – whatever you want to call it, wide receiver. With, like you said, a, a, a wide receiver coming back from being off for a considerable minute, uh, period of time. Uh, I'd take the team with the coming off a of bye. I think this is going to be a pretty close game uh, because, these, like I said, these two teams are relatively equal to each other. And, but I think I, 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 I'd go on to the Buffalo side uh, than the Cincinnati side. It seems like Cincinnati is just not the Cincinnati of the last few years. And in a big game that both of these teams need, Andy Dalton is not the one for me. I like Buffalo. Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, you know, you wonder – if the window is closing for Cincinnati, it's not that I think they're a very old squad, but it seems, you know, a, a nucleus of players 
sometimes only has so many years. You know, a coach, Marvin Lewis has been there a long time. Supposedly it's because the Bengals' ownership didn't want to pay him off to fire him uh, a few years back. Um, uh, I can see that. But I'll, I'll tell you, uh, the the Bills have an okay record. I mean, they they should call Percy Harvin old man. Not that he's old, but he was retired and he has a bad hip. So that sounds like an old man. Um, but I think Harvin was somewhat influential because when he was with Seattle, they tried to get him the ball in the backfield. I mean, he wasn't the first wide receiver who they tried to do that with, but it seems now that's become very popular. And and that's one of those things I always wonder why teams didn't try it more, you know, more, uh, you know, end arounds or, or just lining up a wide receiver in the backfield, just trying to get, the ball to a playmaker in space because that seems to be the the big new trend. I, I don't know if you could say like, oh, this team with this player was influential, but it definitely uh, they were do, trying to do that with Harvin and uh, Harvin had played uh, some running back in college. Um, uh, you know, if I had to pick a team with this game, it, it'd probably be um, the Bengals. Um, uh but, you know, I'm ashamed to admit it, but, you know, it's now it's like a lot of games I'm paying, paying more attention to the fantasy than the actual, you know, team wins and losses. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm not the only fan who does that at this point. Well, with the way the NFL is going, you know, a lot of fans are just doing fantasy football. And I, I can tell you, Jeff, since you brought that up, that FanDuel and DraftKings has just decided to merge. They are now yep. one company. So... Just think about that, how this billion-dollar industry has turned into a uh, monopoly of sorts because if someone like me decides to make a fantasy company, which I was really considering, um, that means that I have to get my small piece of the pie as FanDuel and DraftKings merge into one company and dominate it. People still are going to watch sports for the fantasy aspect because fantasy football is a very big and popular thing. As long as there's a sport where people can bet, or as they say, use educated guesses to uh, incur money or winnings, it's going to survive. But that's neither here nor there. I'm quite sure under our president-elect, you, you better buy as much property and you better buy as much thing as many things as you can, because it's going to be a buyer's market really soon. Because things are going to be really cheap, and I plan to make a lot of money over the next four years. I really do. So we'll see what happens there. Anyway, moving on to the next game, uh, and I want to give a big shout out to uh, Jarrett Simpkins, who is uh, a former coworker of mine that hit me up about. Listen to this, guys. He had all these running backs on his team, and he could start three. He had David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Howard, and, oh, my God, I believe it was Todd Gurley as well. Those were his four running backs on his team that he could start three running backs at. So uh, I told him to start Bell over Howard. Uh, though Bell didn't get as many yards as Howard did, Bell did get in the end zone a few times last week. And 
it's stuff like that that uh, you know why people ask us questions. You might think you got the hot player because he's going against the worst team, but uh, Howard actually didn't run the ball but two times in the second half last week for Chicago uh, in the second half because he got nicked up. But Le'Veon Bell, again, was the better play, in my opinion, and he proved it last week. This week, Le'Veon Bell is the play at running back for any team this week as Pittsburgh goes to Cleveland. Now, uh, let me me ask you something here real quick. Real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you think about a team that has Sean McCoy, Spencer Ware, um, Todd Gurley, and Melvin Gordon? I like it, but uh, Todd Gurley has been a big bust this year. Uh, And I don't think that's going to change, especially with golf coming in this week. I think Todd Gurley is – he is a uh, halfback two. I really believe he's a halfback two, if not less, um, because there's no running room for him. He's not able to break away or anything like that. So, And Melvin Gordon – Basically, I'm talking about the the um, foursome as a whole. I like the foursome, but again, because Todd Gurley has been unproductive, you know, and doesn't look like he's going to be any better. He's relegated to me as a as a number two, almost three running back. I like the set, but for effectiveness, I'm going to bench Gurley. Out of the out of the four players you just said. Oh, I, I, I understand that, but believe it or not, if you if he's in, if it's in PPR because he's been used quite a bit in PDP, uh, um, he's been used in the passing game. He's had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six out of the ten weeks double digits points. Believe it or not, in PPR, but not but yeah. not in traditional yeah. uh, leagues like my friend is in. I mean, yeah, because they're going to feed him. They're going to feed him. So if you get like whether it's a half a point, a fraction of a point, whatever it is, for each touch, he's gonna get maybe fifteen to twenty touches a game. But he's not doing much with it. That's the thing. Yep. I, I, I agree. I agree. All right. Just wanted to jump in there for that. Go ahead. Not a problem. Um, Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers look to get back on track uh, after that crushing crushing defeat by the Cowboys. Uh it, it it was a it was a game, a very good game last week uh versus the Cowboys. It just so happened that that offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott uh proved that they're a dominant force in this league. Now here's how good the Dallas Cowboys offense is. They don't need Des Bryant to go on this 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 winning streak. Des Bryant, I think he's their third leading receiver. That's crazy. Pittsburgh going to Cleveland. They have, believe it or not, one of the top ranked receiving pair in the NFL. I'm talking about Terrell Pryor and Corey Coleman. The problem is Cleveland can't seem to get out their own way. Antonio Bryant looks to expose Joe Hayden a bit because Joe Hayden, he's a good cornerback, but he's not fast. Uh, we've got 
whoever on the opposite side of 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 uh, Eli Rogers, whether it's uh, Marcus Wheaton, Sammy Coates, somebody's got to step up. But I guarantee you this: in this game, Ladarius Green will have one heck of a game. I guarantee that. They tried to get him involved last week when his uh, first week coming back. I think Ben targeted him maybe six times, one of which was for uh, a possible touchdown or two-point conversion. Yeah, one was uh, a two-point conversion attempt, and one was to get a touchdown. He didn't receive either one, but he was targeted for those uh, big plays. So look out. Cleveland, uh, you're the one team, Cleveland Browns, you're the one team or organization, sports organization that has not done well this year for that city. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to get much better either. So I'm going to pick Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh to win this game. Cleveland goes on to be 0-11. Jeff, then Jerry. Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I, I haven't seen a lot of the Browns. Very young yeah. team. They're mm-hmm. playing hard. Unfortunately, they're not playing well. Uh, they uh, uh, they do have a chance to go winless. Um, uh, I'll tell you, it, you mentioned briefly Terrell Pryor. It's a shame that this guy wasted uh, – what, four years in Oakland uh, trying to become a quarterback? Um, because, uh, you know, uh, I think last year he was he was with Cincinnati trying to be a receiver. And, uh, you know, he's one of the few bright spots on that Cleveland team. And uh, can you imagine if he would have made the switch to wide receiver, you know, five, six years ago when he came out of college? Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, you know, well, it's, it's – uh, think about this. Think about this, yeah. Jerry. I mean, Jeff, what if him, uh, Josh Gordon, and Corey Coleman want to feel at the same time for Cleveland? That would be crazy, too. But yeah. one is suspended, for, like, forever. And uh, one is hurt. He's a rookie. And Terrell Pryor has still been doing a good job at leading that team in receptions and being a bright spot. But go ahead. Yeah, you know, it, it uh you know, uh I'll tell you I was uh surprised a few years back when uh Detroit went winless cuz I thought that the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers their uh their winless season would go down in history and uh my buddy and I used to joke everybody knows uh the the members of the 72 Dolphins whenever the the last NFL team uh, loses a game, they get together and pop a champagne cork. And we used to say, you know, whenever the last NFL winless team wins a game, the members of the 76 Buccaneers get together and pop a can of Schlitz, you know. Schlitz, <laughs> liquor uh, bull. Yeah, no, no, Schlitz. Uh, the, yeah, Schlitz. not like, yeah, I guess more liquor probably is better because it, it costs a little more than regular beer. Um, but, yeah. But, you know, insert your favorite cheap beer. Um, there's a lot of them. You know, Peels, Schmitz, which sounds very Valentine. similar. Yeah, there's, Valentine. Oh, yeah, well, Miller's not that bad. Oh, well, the, oh, Milwaukee. 
Milwaukee's best and so on and so forth. Believe me, wow. I drank all those beers back in the day. So. <laughs> none of them are, are sponsoring us. So we're not going to talk about them since they're not sponsoring yeah, us. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, why should I give them any free pub? But, uh, yeah, but uh, we, we used to have, as a goof, um, my last year in college, me and my buddies, we get together, and each guy would show up with the cheapest six-pack he could find, you know. Um, yeah. Sounds yeah, like Cleveland. That was, yeah, we, yeah, so uh, it was bad beer fest. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you, the, the the Browns, who knows, you know, they, they, they got all those draft picks on the team, and, and uh, they got new management. Who knows, in a few years, they, they could be uh, the talk of the league. But right now, they're, they're really struggling. But I, I almost want them to win. So this way, maybe they'll have a little letdown when they play the Giants in a couple of weeks, you know. Uh, because sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I, I try not to read into the psychology too much because, you know, this is the pros. This isn't high school. You know, this is these guys' jobs. But, you know, I think teams are sometimes afraid to play a winless team, you know, just, you know, they figure they're due or whatever. But, uh, you know, the Giants get a little break in the schedule. They got the Bears this week and uh, the Browns next week. And uh, I'd rather play a one-win Browns team than a no-win Browns team. Because the motivation factor, I got it. Yeah, uh, a little bit, but, you know. So, um, who do you you really believe that uh, Pittsburgh's going to win this game, correct? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to slack off and uh, – but you know, you never know because uh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's it's not absolute. It's possible the Browns could go winless, and you know, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom before you get better. So, uh, and and, and I, you know, with all these picks and whatever, they got to get some of them right. But you know, I was thinking with all those picks, it's not just the quantity of picks. You want quality. Like, couldn't they have traded up and maybe gotten? Fewer picks, but higher picks, if that makes any sense, you know? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. who wants a team with 14 rookies? That's that's too many, you know? I mean, what do I know? I'm not running things there, but they, they hired a, a baseball uh, analytics guy, which who knows? That could be uh, the next big thing in the NFL. So uh, you never know. Uh, the, the Browns, who knows? They could be uh, Super Bowl champs in four years. Who knows? We'll see. JT taking on your favorite Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are 4-5 and five and only one game behind the division-leading Ravens. And quite naturally, everybody knows the uh, Browns are winless. Steelers swept the Browns last year and won five of the last six. They beat them 30-9 at home and later 28-12 in Cleveland. Now, could this be a trap game? The Steelers are, all one, are only 1-3 one and three on the road. And uh, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, his worst games are uh, have been on the road. Um. And uh, they play uh, the Cleveland Browns quite naturally this week in Cleveland. And the last game of the season was probably will be a big game for, for uh, whatever reason for the uh, Steelers in Week 17. Uh, 0 and 10. And it, could this be a trap game? I don't think so. I like the Steelers. Easy. Let's move on to a game that actually might be a trap game, though I have no faith in in their offense. I'm talking about Baltimore going to Dallas. Uh, Des Bryant is set to play, but he's been going through a lot of stuff this week, uh, apparently. 
Um, he's listed as questionable, highly questionable, uh, so to speak. But on the other side, Baltimore. I think they're going to use Dixon a lot more than Terrence Newman uh, because Dixon seems to be the more explosive of the two back. Um, Steve Smith and his blazing speed, even though he's like close to my age, I think he's like 38, 39, and I'm 40. So uh, that's going to be a good matchup between him and Claiborne. Uh, seems though Maurice Claiborne has decided to uh, become a decent cornerback this year. Uh, on the other side, Mike Wallace is there. Uh, can uh, Barry Church and, and the rest of those guys stop the passing attack of Baltimore? I think they can because the running attack is not that good for Baltimore. I do believe Dallas is going to come in here thinking they're you know good to go. Dak is going to uh, probably have a couple turnovers. I, I honestly believe he's going to have a couple turnovers in this game because Baltimore's defense is a lot better than people are giving them credit for, as well as they're underrated because their offense sucks. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to the last drive. Whoever has the ball last wins this game, in my opinion. Um, even though on paper they're not uh, – the, the Ravens aren't as equal as Dallas, I just believe, based upon um, – the defense, the defense of Baltimore, this is going to be a close game. Um, and I'm going to call for the upset. I'm going to call for the upset. Baltimore wins this game. Go ahead, Jeff and Jerry. Wow. Um, I mean, I, I don't feel as strongly as you do. I think, uh, I mean, if you're talking point spreads, I think uh, the Ravens might cover. But it, it's really hard to go against Dallas the way that they're playing. Um, uh, you know, defense is improved. Great offensive line, uh, real winner, uh, young quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, terrific uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, MVP candidate. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, if Elliott wins the MVP, they, they should, they, then they should give the rookie of the year to the next guy because it doesn't make sense for one guy to get both awards. You know what I'm saying? So, so who knows? Maybe uh, is, is Zeke is the MVP. Prescott's the Rookie of the Year. Um, uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's hard for me to bet bet against Dallas. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Jer- uh, Jeff. Before Jerry talks, I honestly think Ezekiel Elliott could be both the Rookie of the Year and Player of the Year because I don't think Dak has that good of a, a season without um, Zeke Elliott doing what he does. True. You know, the, the offensive line is is great. But if there are no people making holes for him, there there's uh, no running lanes. And a few times that has happened, but he's made something happen. Uh, I'll tell you. I think uh, you might be on to something as far as Zeke being the rookie of the year. But, of course, everybody loves Tom Brady. And, you know, Tom Terrific might just steal it yet again like he did so many other things. But, JT, what are your thoughts on this game? Dallas is um, uh, better against the run than in the passing game. Baltimore is um, 
um, stingy against the run also, and uh, a little little more vulnerable in in the, in the passing game. Uh, quite naturally, Dak has won eight games in a row, and had to overcome his bad play in a few of those games. They thought he was going to lose when he went to Green Bay in Lambeau Field and uh, uh, wind up beating the Packers in Lambeau Field. They thought he was vulnerable in Pittsburgh with the high-flying offense in Pittsburgh. And he wound up uh, maybe not scoring the winning touchdown, but he put the put the Cowboys in a position to have that play drawn up and execute it to get Zeke into the end zone. I find it hard to believe that they're playing in Dallas, their home, that the Baltimore, whose offense is very limited, extremely limited, regardless of they got a two-game winning streak or not, it's going to beat Dallas in Dallas. I like Dallas easy. Okay. Well, I'm calling it an upset. It might not happen, but I think it may. Let's move on to a, a game that should not be an upset uh, because one team is coming in kind of hot and the other very disappointed, even after they fired their offensive coordinator. Jacksonville travels to Detroit. Uh I have no clue what's happening in Jacksonville as far as uh, their plan of attack for their offense. The defense is, is still good. It's their offense that can't seem to get it together. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. Has there been any reason to ask why Megatron retired this year? I'll answer that for you. The question is no. You know, Marvin Jones came in smoking hot this year. Uh, but then, after that, after, well, I want to say week four, week five, uh, he's fizzled out. But uh, Golden Tate has become a more relative and, and active player, along with Eric Ebron, along with Theo Riddick. Detroit is actually be, uh, becoming a multi-dimensional offense. Now, does that mean that uh, they're good enough to to uh, make the playoffs? Probably not. Probably not. But with that being said, um, I do not believe, I really, really don't believe that uh, your boy, um, not your boy, but your team, Jacksonville, is going to do well when they go to Detroit. I'm picking Detroit to win this game. Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, both have big games. And uh, we'll see what happens from there. JT, then Jeff. All right. I told you people about Blake Bortles. I didn't think he was all that. And it's been proven out uh, so far this year. Garbage garbage QB, that's what he does. Two and seven, four-game losing streak. One and three on the road is what Jacksonville is. Uh, the... Five and four lines are tied with the um, Minnesota Vikings uh, for the lead in the NFC and has a 3-1 home game coming off a bye. Um, Jacksonville really isn't that bad against the pass, but with a bye and playing the first game off a bye at home, I got to go with Detroit, without a doubt. Jeff. 
you know, that, that's a good point um, J- Jerry brings up about the buy. But you can't always assume that teams are good after the buy. Now, common sense would tell you that, but there are exceptions. Um, for some reason, the Giants have a very poor record after buys. I mean, that's the Giants, and there's frequently no rhyme or reason to what they do. Um, but uh, I'm curious what the Lions' record is after the bye, and also, you know, recent record. I mean, going back to the Wayne Fonts era is not relevant because I hate when they bust out those stats that include, you know, things that happened before any players were on the active roster were on the team. But uh, I, and I'm oh, curious boy. overall in the league what team's record is after the bye. So I always wish I could just have like a hire a research guy who I could have look up this stuff for me, stuff that, you know, a little hard to find. Well, that's why I got you guys. But uh, I think Detroit is not that good coming off the bye. Uh, but they have an actual good matchup to change that, uh, to change that, that mindset of being good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, after a bye I think they beat Jacksonville um, And Detroit has something to celebrate Let's move on to a game that Is very very interesting The Tennessee Tennessee Titans have I believe The number two or number three ranked Defense in the NFL They have the third best rushing Attack in DeMarco Murray in the NFL Along with Marcus Mariota and their receivers, they're traveling to Indianapolis, where I, I can't believe what's going on with Andrew Luck, but he is getting knocked around like a rag doll. T.Y. Hilton is a non-factor this year. Frank Gore, well, he's okay. Considering the offensive line he's he's running behind, he's doing very well. But that Colt defense is Bad, just as bad as their offensive line. So I gotta tell you, Tennessee after they put that whipping on Green Bay, forty-seven points on Green Bay. I think it's, they're gonna need another forty-seven points to beat Indianapolis. But I'm picking Tennessee to win this game. Uh, I do believe that uh, uh, the uh, running back Demarco Murray he gets over a buck fifty. I think he gets over buck fifty in this game. Uh, Delaney Walker as well is going to have a good game. Um, I I don't have much faith in the passing attack for Tennessee, but some of their receivers might have decent numbers. But the main two cogs I see doing well, Delaney and Demarco. Flip side, I really don't see too many people doing well. Maybe Moncrief, maybe. Moncrief or for Indianapolis But uh, Who would have thought that this would be A a very important game At this point in the season For both teams JT I know you didn't Because you're a Texans fan What do you got Okay um, This is going to be a, a pretty Pretty interesting game You got a team coming off a bye <clears throat> Okay, and and Jeff, you ask and you shall receive. 
the Detroit Lions, before I get, get over to the uh, Titans and the um, Indianapolis Colts, over the last five years, the Detroit Lions are 4-1 and one coming off a bye and haven't lost a, a bye week, uh, uh, the next game after a bye, since 2011. So the last four games they played coming off a bye, they've won. That, that's just, just to let you know. Um, it, for the um, um, Indianapolis Colts, Indianapolis Colts coming off a bye are three and two. All right, uh, which is a, a mixed bag. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Indianapolis has a very good record against the Titans, who are five and five, two and two on the road, and quite naturally, the Colts are four and five and two and two at home. Um, the Colts beat them in Tennessee, thirty-four twenty-six. Um, they played them about a, week, a month ago. Um, the Colts, this this is the stat I was looking at. The Colts have won the last 10 meetings between these two teams. But I'm bucking the trend here. Uh, most people have the Colts favored in this game, but the hot Tennessee Titans, and I know history has a chance of repeating itself, and I always say that uh, sometimes you can't buck history, but it's obvious that Marcus Mariota uh, over the last few weeks has um, grown leaps and bounds and going up against a Indianapolis team in Indianapolis that is not too good on the defensive side. Running the football and passing, has, uh, these Tennessee Titans have been balling out. I think they scored an average of thirty between 30 and 35 points a game. Um, so uh, in the last what, four or five games, something like that. I got to go with the Tennessee Titans, the hot team versus Indianapolis, even though Indianapolis has beaten them 10 times in the last 10 meetings. That's a hell of a, that's a hell of a history, but I'll go with, I'll go, I'll buck the trend and go with the Titans. Jeffrey. Um, uh, you know, um, Titans are hot. Uh, Vic is absolutely right. Colts have a weak defense. They got a weak offensive line. I say take the Titans. Uh, you know they're getting two and a half points, and take the over because this could be real high scoring. And uh, yeah, this could be a very good game for Delaney Walker because uh, the Colts uh, give up a lot to tight ends, and uh, the the tight end position is uh, very matchup dependent. So this is a pretty juicy matchup for uh, any tight end going against the Colts. Yeah, I had a dilemma before I go to the next thing. My dilemma was, do I start Jimmy Graham over Delaney Walker this week? Because because <laughs> Jimmy's been heating up, but Delaney's going against the Colts. So I decided to start Delaney Walker. Uh I did the same exact thing. I had the same the same exact uh question. Yeah, I, I hated to do it, but I, I I made the same decision. There you go. And and it's going to help me beat Jerry this week. So I, I I'll enjoy that. And in but, some leagues, oh, in some leagues though, you have the option. You could start uh, a lot of leagues actually. You could start, you know, Graham or Walker. You could start both. You put one of them at the flex. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but but uh, just because of the matchup, I you know I checked the numbers, the projections, the ranking. Delaney Walker was a little better than Jimmy Graham, so uh, you hate to do it, but nothing personal. I, I, I got to sit Jimmy Graham this week. I feel you. Well, 
Victor? Yes. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you this. What? But in guys with big shoes, your quarterback didn't even come close to his projections. I ain't worried about that. That spells gloom and doom for Mr. Gardner. No, it does. You know what spells gloom and doom for me and guys with big shoes? Drafting Todd Gurley over David Johnson. That was the one team that in in the draft where I had to choose between Gurley and Johnson that I chose Gurley. Yeah, I did. I did. And that, that was a big mistake on my part. So I'm paying for it right now. I'm, well, I'm well, five it, five and one. Let me put it this way, Victor. A good GM adjusts and make adjustments. Apparently, since you're four five and one, and I'm seven and three in there, um, and I think you're going to get a beat down that you you surprisingly don't expect. Um, you're going to pay for. It. That's all I can tell you. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, <laughs> you're a friend of mine, but business is business. And this, yeah, you're right. This five five and one record I'm gonna have after this week. Because I'm I'm gonna beat you in that, um, yeah. and I've already beat you in the palace. One, one. Hey, it don't you matter. Beat me once. It don't matter. And one and one. Yeah, and we play each other in the neighborhood this week, mm-hmm. which you're going Sorry down in that, as Jeff. well. Sorry about that, Jeff. <laughs> what happened? What the beat down <laughs> you gave Jeff? The beat down you gave Jeff in the neighborhood. I saw that last week. All right, but let's move on to a, a game that uh, I don't think it's going to be a beatdown, but I think it's going to be a very good game. Tampa Bay goes to Kansas City. Now, here's the key to this game. They're going to Kansas City. Um, I don't think Jameis Winston played at Florida State with the fanfare and all the good stuff, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you that Playing in Kansas City is a lot different than playing in other stadiums, especially in mid to late November, where the weather in Kansas City is somewhat sporadically cold, wet, rainy, snowy, whatever it is. Um, And the Muscle Hamster is coming back for his second week against a team that is good against the run, but not that good against the pass. Jameis Winston loves to lock in on Mike Evans. He just loves it. Uh, I don't know what to tell you in this one, other than there's a chance, there is a chance for uh, Tampa Bay to win this game. I don't think it's a big chance, in my opinion. I think Kansas City is going to be efficient and uh, look to continue their winning ways under Alex Smith and uh, win this game. I got Kansas City win this game. Go ahead, Jeff, then Jerry. Yeah, um, I think Kansas City is going to win. I mean, uh, Alex Smith hasn't been terrific, but he, you know, I don't think he's highly regarded. But I, I thought he'd do a little better this year. Uh, Jeremy Macklin already has uh, been ruled out. Um, uh, I'll tell you, uh, one of the knocks on uh, Jameis Winston is uh, he only has eyes for uh, Mike Goodtimes Evans. But I'll tell you. Um, the uh, Cameron Brait, the, the tight end, has uh, really quietly emerged, and uh, he he should be on a roster 
uh, in every fantasy league, at least as a tight end too, and maybe you know occasional starter in the deeper leagues. And he's a guy to keep an eye on going into next year. So uh, uh, I, that's probably why they one of the reasons they cut Safarian Jenkins because they they because Brait probably looked good in the preseason. All right, Jerry. Buccaneers are three and one in road games. Um, the Chiefs are undefeated at home. Buc- the Chiefs need this in a worse way because they're tied with the um, Raiders and the Raiders and the Broncos for the AFC lead at seven and two. Tough place to play, like Victor said. In Kansas City. And uh, I can't see anything changing here. Um, neither one of these teams are really high-powered offenses, but because the better defense is in Kansas City, and that's why I like Kansas City. All right, let's move on to a game that, you know, it had early, early uh, numbers as saying it was going to be a good matchup. Unfortunately, uh, both teams have seemingly spiraled in the wrong direction. And I'm talking about Arizona traveling to Minnesota. Arizona, for whatever reason, and I think it's because the statue is starting to catch up, his age is starting to catch up to him, but the Arizona, the Arizona Guard Cardinals uh, face the Minnesota Vikings that have lost four in a row. Four in a row. Sam Bradford looked good at the beginning of the season, but for whatever reason, teams have decided we're not going to honor the run game of Minnesota, so we're just going to make it very difficult for Sam Bradford to throw the ball. The past two weeks, they've, uh, not they, but Minnesota has targeted Stephon Diggs 13 times the last two weeks. That's amazing. 13 targets in, in the each of the last two games. The forgotten man here is Kyle Rudolph. I really believe so. But Arizona, Arizona has to find a way to uh, explode and explore that Minnesota secondary. Washington did it last week. Unbelievably so. The tight end, or tight ends, I'm talking about uh, uh, Vernon Davis, had two touchdowns last week versus his Minnesota secondary. Uh, I, I don't know what to tell you, but Gresham might be in for a good game in Arizona. I got to pick Arizona to win this game and send the Vikings to 5-5, five and five, losing five straight games amazing, but it, I think it's going to happen. Go ahead, Jeff, then Jerry. You know, I mean, wow. You know, everybody was saying the Vikings were playing over their heads early in the season, and I guess they were right. I guess the injuries caught up with them. Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, a lot of people, including myself, thought uh, uh, McKinnon was going to play well, but uh, the, the Vikings have a horrible ground game. Then, uh, you know, they, they lost their uh, – left tackle before the season they bring in Jake Long and now he's out. So when you know, next man up, 
sometimes that works. But then when you got to bring in a replacement for the replacement, that's when things get a little dicey. But this game is at Minnesota. Um, Cardinals are good, but uh, they're only a 500 team, which is tough after nine games. They're uh, four, four, and one. Um, I don't know. Um, if I had to take a pick, uh, I mean, neither one of these teams blows me away, but uh, Vikings might uh, finally win one. Ronnie Hillman? Right. I don't know. Go ahead, Jerry. Right. The, uh, the uh, Vikings, quite naturally, people know, are on a four-game losing streak. But they're 3-1 at home. Cardinals 4-4-1, four, 1-2 four, and one. One and uh, at home, but this is on the road. Carson Palmer has the last four matchups, including when he played for um, Oakland. Um, is three and one, so he has a winning record against the uh, Vikings. Uh, last time they played uh, was last year, where the Vikings won in uh, Arizona, twenty-three twenty. Um, I think I do believe Adrian Peterson was playing in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and but you don't have any AP here. Uh, you got Matt Asiata, Ronnie Hillman, and, and uh, Jarek McKinnon. Um, may not be a lot of overwhelming numbers in here, but I think um, uh, a defense that's pretty balanced, uh, excuse me, an offense that's pretty balanced in Arizona is better than a Vikings defense, Vikings defense only team. I like the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's move on to a game that. I know it's near and dear to Jeff's heart, but I really think this is going to be an upset. I really do. The Giants can't seem to get out of their own way. Chicago goes in there. No Alshon Jeffries, who's suspended for four games for uh, uh, substance abuse. But Josh Howard, not Josh Howard, um, the running back Howard, yeah, Jordan Howard is limping into the game. That means Langford, Langford might get more touches and probably get his job back after a bit. But it's a two-headed monster in uh, Chicago. Eddie Royal is the number one guy, at least for the next four weeks. That means that he and I forget the young man's name. It's a Mon- Mon- uh, Montgomery or something like that. I can't remember. Uh, the other receiver. Is Aaron Meredith. There you go. Meredith. Meredith. Uh, He's been getting a lot of – listen, listen, I don't watch the Bears that much. But but Meredith has been targeted uh, them both, Jeffries and uh, um, Royal, prior to the suspension. So this week he moves from a number three receiver to a number two, quite possibly number one. Don't forget Zach Miller as well. Uh, Chicago, the defense is turning around a bit. The Giants, they're heckling Jekyll. You never know which one you're going to get, or Jekyll and Hyde, I should say, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so I, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to pick Chicago to win this game. Jeff, since it's your Giants. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, it, 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 the scenario does look ripe for an upset. Um, the Giants have been unable to establish a running game, 
And I know it hasn't been that long, but it feels like it's been a decade since they had a good running game. And you know that's important. I mean, it's a passing league, but you still you got it. You got to be able to run the ball. And uh, going into this season, and I know I wasn't the only one saying it. The 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 two top guys in their uh, week committee, Rashad Jennings and uh, Shane Vereen. I'm thinking they're not going to get 16 uh, starts from the two of them because both of them are injury prone. Um, and you know Rashad Jennings. I mean, I, I thought he was an okay backup in Jacksonville. I, I never really considered him a, a quality starter. I guess the the one guy with the upside in the Giants uh running back uh, rotation is Paul Perkins, but uh, they 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 can't run the ball though. It, it's really bad. Um on the other side, um Giants uh give up a lot to tight ends uh so it's a good start for Zach Miller, especially with uh Jeffrey out. Um uh you know, Miller has the rep for being injury prone, but he's he's having a pretty decent year, um, and, and looks to, you know, if he can stay healthy for the rest of the year, put up, continue to put up some numbers. Um, and uh, on the IDP side, um, Landon Collins, the giant safety man, I wish I had him as an IDP because uh, he's been putting up the numbers, making the big plays, interceptions, sacks, tackles, you name it. Uh, so uh, he's looking real good for the Giants. And uh, their defense isn't great, but it is improved over last year. And unlike last year, they're playing all 60 minutes of the game, so that explains uh, the improved record. But, uh, yeah, it'd be a real killer for uh, fan and team morale if they stub their toe on uh, the weak Bears team. So uh, hopefully they don't take it lightly. Uh, and it is uh, – it's at uh, – the stadium in East Rutherford, it's a home game for the Giants. So uh, hope for the best, you know, because even though the Bears stink, it's still an NFL team and you can't nap, so. All right, GT. All right, All right. the uh, Bears are 2-7. 0-5 on the road. Quite naturally, they just lost their best receiver for a month. Giants are 6-3 and three trying to, to get atop the um, NFC East. And um, four and one at home, and won their last four games. The problem with the Giants, as I see it, Jeff, is I don't think they're committed to the run game. I don't think I, Ben McAdoo is, is a pass-first type of um, uh, uh, head coach slash offensive coordinator, uh, and I feel their best back is not given uh, enough chances to get a rhythm within that offense, and that's Paul Perkins. Um, uh, hopefully he, he does going forward. He, he seems like he's getting more and more touches. But I think in order to get a, a running back, in order to be able to be effective, needs to, to be given the ball and not sporadically in and out of the lineup uh, with, along with another running back. And I think Paul Perkins who can catch the ball out of the backfield and uh, run the football between the tackles and outside the tackles should be getting, getting in more work uh, and I think the running game will offset what they can do in the passing game. Um, Jay Cutler is it's going to get pummeled, in my opinion, in this game. Uh, one way or the other, either pummeled in the sack department or pummeled in turnovers, fumbles, interceptions. Uh, I, there's no way that the, the uh, Bears are going to come into MetLife and hand the Giants a win. 
Uh, I think the mindset is that with the Giants, that get rid of this, get rid of, get rid of this team as quick as possible. Don't give them any hope of any getting anything done in this game, and let's move on. I like the Giants big in this. All right. Well, this next game I'm going to talk about, I like the team uh, that has Indominican Sue on it big. The reason why I say that is because he's going against a rookie quarterback. The quarterback that was the number one overall pick this year, the quarterback that had been benched for the third-string quarterback, a guy that would probably not be in the NFL, in my opinion, in case Keenum, or uh, had he been on any other team. Well, Jared Goff gets his chance as the Rams host the Miami Dolphins. This is going to be a feeding frenzy when Goff drops back to pass. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. If you have Todd Gurley and you're in a PPR, this is the game to get him. The reason why is because Jeff Fisher is going to protect that quarterback by running, 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 running. Now, what does that mean for Kenny Britt? What does that mean for Tavon Austin? What does that mean for Brian Quick? It means they're not going to put up numbers like they have in the, in the recent uh, weeks. You know, Kenny Britt is leading the team with receptions and yards, doing very well for himself. Um, but in order to protect a young quarterback, you have to either throw the ball to the tight end or run it a lot. And you're going against a Miami defensive line that is stacked, plus their secondary is okay. You got Kiko Alonso playing middle linebacker. It, it's not going to be pretty for the Rams in my book. I think Miami wins with two, count them, two defense and or special team touchdowns this week. Miami, Jeff, then Jerry. Yeah, you know, I, I got to concur with Vic. I mean, nobody's sure exactly what to expect from Goff, but uh, it probably won't be pretty. Uh, you know, it, it it's really tough with the you know the rookie quarterbacks because most of these guys come out, a lot of these guys coming out of college now they they don't play in pro systems so uh but uh to me i think the formula is you know Dak Prescott uh he was uh played in a weaker school in a tough conference i think that's a good formula cuz uh Eli you know he he played at a University of Mississippi, not one of the better schools in the SEC at the time. He took his lumps in college, and, uh, you know, he, he, he learned. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm curious if uh, Fisher really wanted to start golf or uh, it came down from ownership. Uh, but definitely, you know, uh, fantasy defense, is, it's, it's all about matchups. And, you know, uh, rookie, quarterback, r- rookie quarterbacks make your eyes get big. Uh, this is – at the uh, L.A. Coliseum, but it's not going to matter. Uh, and uh, I'm sure Ndamukong uh, 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 Sue is very excited about this game. I mean, his motivation's been questioned, but uh, he's going to eat his Wheaties or whatever uh, Sunday morning, and uh, he he's looking forward He's because uh, he knows this is a good game to uh, pile up the numbers. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Um Guys, it's been real. I gotta go. So, uh, um, Jerry and Appreciate I, you, Jeff. Uh, 
I guess we're not doing the show Thursday because of Thanksgiving, so I'd like to wish you two and uh, everyone else uh, in the family and the listeners a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, I guess Mm -hmm. uh, week Thursday, uh, Jerry and I will uh, do our podcast again. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, brother. Same to you. Bye-bye. All right. This game, in my opinion, is not – as lopsided as most people think. Dolphins are five and four on a four game winning streak, but only one and three on the road. Four and five Rams are only one and three at home. And quite naturally, everybody knows they're starting a rookie quarterback, which is a unknown. AKA Dak Prescott, AKA Carson Wentz. I'm not saying that Jared Goff is either one of those guys, but he's an unknown. I'm not saying that he's going to make not going to make many mistakes because he hasn't played up until this point. This is week 11, but he's an unknown, and he's playing at home, and they're going up against a team is relying more on the run they are with their quarterback, who is a known. Talking about Ryan Tannehill. Don't trust him. He's like uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Um, You never know what you're going to get with Ryan Tannehill. And this is the team, meaning the Rams and their defense, who likes to pressure the quarterback and cause heat for the quarterback. So even though that Miami's favored by, or whoever's favored by in this game, um, I'm going to call for an upset. I'm going to call that Jared Goff and the defense of the L.A. Rams is going to beat the Miami Dolphins in L.A. Coliseum. It might happen. It might. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen, but it might. Now, if there is a possibility of an upset, it's this next game we're talking about. Philly travels to Seattle. Now, listen, Pennsylvania. Uh, mania has pretty much died down a little bit as Philly has come back down to earth. Um, And Bam Bam Cam Chancellor is back in that secondary for Seattle. And it made a big difference versus the Patriots last week. They are a totally different team. Um, Russell Wilson is finding Jimmy Graham. Uh, Christian Michael just got cut. So Prozy or Prossy is the new starting halfback with Rawls uh, coming back off of injury. Um, Doug Baldwin is, is catching the ball as well. This is going to be one heck of a game for Seattle. Pitts, not Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Uh, you're going into a very, very bad place to play. Uh, and it's a late afternoon game at that. Um, Seattle is going to win this game hands down. Um, play all your fantasy studs in this one. What you got, JT? Eagles are one and four on the road. Um, Seahawks are four and zero at home. Um, had a big win last week. Um, Philly's defense is not all that bad, and uh, and uh, this this may be a defensive struggle. And uh, Russell Wilson may not have as big a game as most people think. Um, 
the 12th man in Seattle is probably going to um, benefit quite naturally the Seattle Seahawks, and I think they come away with a win um, in this. Okay. Let's move on to the next game where Gronk has not flown out uh, to San Francisco, and I believe it was another player. I want to say Ryan Logan, but I'm not sure. Uh, But I don't think it's going to hurt them much. I know Martellus Bennett is questionable, but he's going to play. Oh, it's Edelman. I mean, not Edelman. Um, Amendola, I think. Amendola is the one that didn't fly out uh, with with Gronk. But uh, it's going to be difficult for San Francisco to defeat this uh, Patriot team in my book. I know uh, Kaepernick looked really good last week versus uh, the, the Cardinals, bringing them all the way back, just didn't win the game. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough with Tom Terrific and all those guys coming out there. Um, but I got to go with the Patriots. As much as I want to say they, they suck, they don't. They don't. They just win. But it is what it is. What you got, JT? If you've heard of the word beat down, that's what this game is. Patriots. Beat down? All right. That was the word beat down. Words beat down. This is what this is going to be. A beat down. So you're saying they're going to cover? New England, easy. Okay. All right. Well, Sunday night game. Green Bay travels to Washington. And for whatever reason, Green Bay is in trouble. Uh, The wide receivers can't seem to get uncovered. The running game isn't on track, even though James Starks came back last week. This will be week number two for James Starks. Uh, Couldn't come back at a better time. Washington's defense is not that good. Um, But at the same time, neither is Green Bay's. I think Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordy Nelson hook up quite a bit in this game. Wendell Cobb has been helter-skelter. I'm not sure exactly what you're going to get out of Green Bay's offense, but I think it's going to be a a good game if Kirk Cousins doesn't turn the ball over. Um, I also believe these are the last few games of Deshaun Jackson's career in Washington. I really believe he's going to go back to Philly next year. Um, I believe that uh, Deshaun Jackson is ruled out already for this game. The trend is, and I understand why Deshaun doesn't no, no longer wants to be in D.C., but it's understood. Kirk Cousins has a pop gun uh, cannon arm. He can't get the ball to their deepest receiver. And Deshaun Jackson can run. Uh, Jamison Crowder doing very well. Uh, when you have a double tight end set that can do well with Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed, that's trouble for a team like Green Bay who has a problem covering receivers uh, and big boys at that, the tight ends. So we shall see how this happens. Pierre Garçon has quietly been a, a uh, the security blanket for Kirk Cousins and quiet has kept. His contract is also up this year. 
So Garcon and Jackson are probably done in Washington, making way for Dotson and Crowder to step up as their number one and number two targets next year. Um, But again, this is a Sunday night game at FedEx. If, if Tennessee didn't beat down Green Bay so badly, I would probably give this to the Redskins. But I think Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay really have a point to prove. I really do. I just don't think it's going to be good enough. And I think Washington wins on a late game field goal. What do you got, JT? Two teams that can't stop the other's offense. That's what you got. Two teams that can't stop the other's offense. Um, and uh, I think uh, this is going to be a relatively high-scoring game. And if it's a high-scoring game, I got to go with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, because, in my opinion, if there's a turnover to be had, look at Mr. Kirk Cousins. I agree on that. But I will tell you this. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game only because I think Josh Norman, whether he plays on his side of the field or if he covers up Jordy Nelson, um, the other receivers aren't that good. They just aren't. And that's going to make plenty of time for the defense to get to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron might have to be the leading rusher in this game. I really think so. Now they're going to give the ball to James Starks, who's explosive. But it's his second game back after having a long layoff. So we'll see what happens with that one. Final game of the season, I mean, not the season, of the week. Houston travels to Oakland. Now, jury pick uh, Mexico City. Houston, oh, Mexico City. Thank you. Um, jury picked Houston to win the South. I pick Oakland to win the West. I Oakland, in my opinion, and Jerry is a, is a Texan fan, but hopefully he'll be objective in this one. Oakland is head and shoulders above Houston, talent-wise and execution-wise. Um, I honestly, honestly don't think Houston is going to do well at all in this game. They don't have a lot of fans there because they're going to Mexico City, but Raider Nation travels as well. Um I got to pick Oakland. I got to pick Oakland uh, big in this matchup. What you got, JT? Unbiased JT, that Texas, is. Three, one game ahead in the AFC South, and that, I think they're above the uh, Titans, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the uh, And one and three in row games. Uh, the Raiders are seven and two, tied with the Chiefs, and the Patriots for the best record in the AFC and are four and one at home. This is considered a home game for the Oakland Raiders. They're playing it in, in uh, um, Mexico City. Um, we have quarterback problems. Texans have quarterback problems. I can't trust Brock Osweiler like I thought I could before the season started. And with that being said, I, I, unfortunately, i got to take the Raiders over to Texas. Oh, so all that money that got spent on him is, is not panning out? Is that what you're saying? Excuse me? All the money that was spent on Brock Osweiler, are you saying it's not panning out? Up to this point, it's not. To this point, things can always turn around. Uh, or, um, 
he's he's long term. So if it's not this year, it could be next year. But up to this point, it's not panning out. Well, LeVar Miller has been a very uh, good surprise to me for this team. The big disappointment has got to be Hopkins, and that's based upon Osweiler's gameplay. Um, I think he stopped me, trying to get the ball. Let me ask yes. you something. Who's a bigger disappointment, Todd Gurley or DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, oh Gurley. Gurley, big time. Because DeAndre is dependent upon the quarterback play. Yeah, but 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 in the past he's been quarterback proof, plethora of quarterbacks playing last year, and and uh, he had over a hundred receptions if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, but those quarterbacks also were uh, familiar with the system. He Oswald is coming from a totally different system from college and from Kubiak. Totally different. So, I mean, all the quarterbacks that were in uh, Houston before were quarterbacks that either A, uh, were in the Patriots system, or B, had some coaching connection with O'Brien. So they had an idea of, of terminology, of, of stuff like that. You know, Osweiler came in during the summer. And try to assimilate. That's not going to help your receivers that much. I mean, working out with them, yeah, that's going to help. But nah, can't do it. Anyway, we got about uh, four minutes left of live air. So I'm going to let you go ahead and promo tomorrow's show. And then we're going to get out of here, baby. All right. Um, Tomorrow, week 11 in fantasy football. I am JT, and it's going to be on the master plan, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to break down studs, duds, um, sleepers, waiver wire pickups for next week. Trade deadline is going to be getting closer. I may even throw in a couple of guys that you need to sell on and try to try to pick up from your uh, fellow um, owners in your league. Um, and some um, maybe some surprises, too. But it's week 11. And uh, we're getting gearing up toward the end of the uh, regular season in fantasy football and um, trying to get you into the playoffs to get that ever-elusive championship, whether it's a belt, ring, Mooney, or whatever. Well, um, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I might be on that show. If I wake up, I'll be on that show. Because I got a couple of things I want to share with JT and his audience. Because I got your hookup. Holly, if you hear me. Uh, um, for my boy JT, our our guy, Jeff, I hope uh, sick but I'm here, doesn't do well this weekend versus me in fantasy. Because I plan to lay up the smacketh downeth on his candy asseth. Uh, and then talk to you guys about it next week. Don't know how I'm going to well, do guys with big shoes. With that, with that being said, I, I'm going to lay down the challenge. You come on tomorrow, and we'll talk about our fantasy matchups before I get into um, each, ma- each, each game and, and the uh, fantasy relevance of players in each game. You come on, 
and we'll talk about each of our matchups in in two different type of scenarios. One in um in ESPN, and the other one in Yahoo. We we may discuss that. We may discuss that. It's also, want to talk about. Come on. <laughs> I mean, if that's what I'm saying, if I come on, you know. You I, I'm, to I'm, come on? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. As I was about to say, won't be the first or last time people out. Oh, really? That's his middle name, Victor Punk Out Gardner. Oh, you know what? You better get your feet off that couch. Get your feet off that couch. (laughs) I'm about to get on the couch, man. I'm not feeling well. I see it. I see it. Feel better, brother. Feel better. Uh, Hopefully, you talk about FanDuel. And uh, DraftKings merging tomorrow uh, because I think that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty significant, uh, especially with ESPN, Yahoo, and all these other sites uh, now doing daily fantasy. It's a big, big mm-hmm. deal. All right. Yep. With that being said, we're about to get out of here. I want to thank y'all for listening to us. For JT and me, you've been listening to Fantasy Sports and Policy. You want to talk smack, you in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got your little views, you know I got mine. But there's like 50 yeah. other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And if I don't concur, we can agree to disagree. We talking fantasy.